We'd like to welcome you back to our third and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 25th, 2011. <clears throat> and the next article is entitled, Big Sis Ordered NFL Grope Downs, Guilty Until Proven Innocent, The Decline and Fall of American America Accelerates. The NFL's new policy to conduct full pat-downs on all people entering stadiums nationwide is a consequence of the organization's partnership with Homeland Security. And again, you're seeing this. We just talked about, or at the very first article, the uh, collaboration between Mile High Stadium, the NFL Mile High Stadium, and uh, Catholic Charities, and essentially Homeland Security, <clears throat> regarding this, you know, shunting kids off to the... Uh, Stadiums for processing purposes in the event of some cataclysmic event. Now again, we see the stadiums being used again uh, as a focal point for this type of uh, big brother behavior. And so, the federal agency has become to resemble an occupying army enforcing the notion that Americans are all guilty until proven innocent. That's exactly... What's happening? The NFL wants all fans patted down from the ankles up this season to improve fan safety, reports USA Today. Under the new enhanced pat-down procedures, the NFL wants all 32 clubs to search fans from ankles to knees as well as the waist up. Previously, security guards only patted down fans from the waist up while looking for booze, weapons, or other banned items. The Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts have already announced the new measures will be in place for this weekend's games. The policy arrives following the NFL's partnership with Department of Homeland Security, who back in January for the Super Bowl recommended that fans entering the Dallas Cowboys Stadium be subjected to airport-style metal detectors as well as pat-downs. The NFL is following orders as it gets on board with the plan to litter the United States with checkpoints at public places where Americans will be forced not just to show their papers, but to assume the position for perverts to conduct invasive pat-downs of themselves and their children's. And again, if there's no... There's no public outcry. If there's no resistance toward this tyranny, what they're doing is giving these sick, demonic, demon-infested, satanic Luciferians who control this world system the green light in order to say, well, the sheeple people are dumbed down uh, to the point where they're not even resisting the TSA at airports. They're not resisting, you know, TSA-style pat-downs going into NFL games. You know, it goes on and on and on. And so now we're ready for our next phase of draconian, big brother style implementation. That's what they're doing by by not resisting tyranny. But this only marks the beginning of the role DHS sees itself in assuming as part of the occupation of the country. Homeland Security is also developing technology to be used at security events, which purports to monitor malintent on behalf of an individual who passes through the checkpoint. They've got these in airports now, some too. The promotional video for the program, you can click on it, there's a link here, explains how, I believe I've played this before, how future attribute screening technology, or fast checkpoints, will conduct psychological and behavioral tests in order to weed out suspected terrorists and criminals. So they're just gonna they're gonna monitor your body language, essentially, to weed people out and uh the clip shows individuals who attend security events uh, being led into 
actually security events or, you know, this type of event like an NFL game, being led into trailers before they are interrogated as to whether they are terrorists, while lie detector-style computers analyze their psychological responses. The subjects are asked about their whereabouts or if they are attempting to smuggle bombs or recording devices into the, quote, expo, proving that that the technology is intended to be used at public events, not just as airports. Individuals who do not satisfy the first lie detector-style test are then asked additional questions. I mean, this is just unbelievable what's going on. Tests for the program were carried out by the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, back in May, suggesting its implementation is close to fruition. Forget pat-downs. The next step for entering NFL stadiums, shopping malls, or any public place where crowds gather will be a behavioral interrogation and a radiation body scan. The NFL was enacted following that. They're they're speculating on that. But eventually, if just left unchecked, Yes, they're going to implement every possible thing they can in the world, you know, to just dog you at every every single place you go. The NFL policy was enacted following the arrest of a man for using a stun gun at the New York's New York Jets Dallas Cowboy game last weekend. Using that logic, any time a gun is used in a shopping mall, on a highway, or in a building, or any event, everyone will be treated as a criminal and subjected to a pat-down as a routine response. See, they just want, they'll take any little event they can take, and they love that because they're able to implement, this is what 9-11 was all about. Look at what they were able to implement from their government orchestrated 9-11, okay, or from many, many, many of the false flag events that the government has, has openly admitted to over the years that they have caused. I mean, there's, there's, there's documentation of just event after event after event. So, let's go further here. It is estimated that over 16 million people will undergo the grope downs over the course of a football season, acclimatizing them to accept the notion that the Fourth Amendment is completely null and void, and you can forget the argument about no one is forcing you to go to the football game. Uh, as pat-downs and body scans are set to completely infest every level of society. There will be no easy way out if you want to live any kind of reasonable public life whatsoever. That's their plans. Now again, these are things that we as Christians can pray about as well. Um, you know, in, in ever what way you feel so led, because this is pure evil, what we're dealing with. In the coming years, staying away from airports won't be enough to avoid a run-in with the goons groping your private parts. Homeland Security has embarked on a massive Gestapo-like occupation of America where security checkpoints will litter highways and roads. I just, I went through one the other day. All he asked to see was my license. And again, they're going to start that way. It's going to be very, oh yeah, you know, license. And then, you know, I'm sure they're checking, they're looking inside your car to see if there's any other reason they can pull you over there. Um, Probably scanning your license plate while you're there. Uh, they are, um, you know, making sure your license isn't expired. They're, they're checking to see if you're in your seatbelt, if your people in your car are in your seatbelt. They're checking to see for supposedly any suspicious behavior um, that they would deem as a way to shunt you over so that you could undergo further questioning. But this is what they're they're wanting to acclimate us toward. <clears throat> Going further... Homeland Security has embarked on a massive Gestapo-like occupation where security checkpoints will litter highways, roads, transportation hubs, as well as public events, and anywhere crowds gather. And even as 
recently in Santa Fe at your kid's local prom. They were at the prom, uh, Homeland Security, in order, you know, in order to uh, do all their invasive searches. Uh, this in turn will be reinforced by an army of citizen tattletales being trained to be the eyes of the state under the See Something, Say Something campaign that, which was heavily promoted ahead of the 2011 Super Bowl. That's the big sis, what they're doing now in Walmarts the, with the, the telescreens and uh, very George Orwell, 1984-ish. Uh, they've got the coffee cup, little sleeves that you see something, say something, little, little all-knowing eye of Lucifer, Satan on it. And... Um, you know, if you combine this police state within a citizen uh, army of tattletalers, little you know, narcs everywhere, it's it's a wonderful world. I mean, it's truly it's a wonderful life. I, I can't envision a, a better better place to uh, grow up, raise kids. You know, just the whole nine yards. It's American Pie all the way. Indeed, Big Sis has made herself a permanent fixture of public life. Meaning big sis, meaning Jim Napolitano, popping up at every major event and now at Walmart to remind Americans they live in a police state and should be behave obediently and meekly accept the body scans, the behavioral interrogations, and the pat downs unless they want to be treated like a terrorist. The NFL has pro- prostrated itself to be exploited by the DHS as a showcase for turning America into a Soviet-style gulag. The special relationship between the state and the private sector to push police state measures is a classic example of an inherently fascist public-private partnership that we have seen many times before in historical tyrannies. America in 2011 is all about being guilty until proven innocent and the complete evisceration of what the country is supposed to stand for in the pursuit of unattainable, quote, security. The NFL is merely the next stop on the road to transforming America into one giant prison camp where the prisoners will constantly have to prove their obedience every time they enter a mall, a sporting event, a public building, a stretch of highway, or any place imaginable that formally allowed freedom of movement. Now, I haven't seen any outcry or backlash about this from NFL fans at all. If there has been, I sure am not aware of it. Well, if you don't see that, and I think the alternative media would have picked up on that, I know the mainstream wouldn't have, what does that tell you? That tells you that there really isn't any backlash. Man, maybe they're a little irritated, but hey, whatever it takes to see my Jets or my Giants or my Redskins, I'll do it. I'll sell my soul to Satan in order to see my team go. I'm sorry, but that's kind of what it seems like to me. I mean, the plane thing's one thing. This is a whole other level now. Now, I mean... Plane travel could be considered by many to be, you know, essential to their job or whatever. This is not something you have to do. Okay, I mean, I, I'm not, I haven't flown for years now, just because of how bad it was getting even before TSA was coming into play. But now we've got, and if this, if there is no public outcry, and it doesn't appear there's going to be, it really shows you how pathetic things have gotten. You know, uh, I don't know what other conclusion I could really come to. And, and again, it will be a big, strong, green light for Big Brother to then implement their next phase. That's what happens. And it's disturbing that, that so far I haven't seen anything uh, regarding pushing back regarding this. It's incrementalism at its finest. Here's the next article. 
New cyber sensor keeping close eye on everything you say about President Obama. Uh, just found, the, a listener emailed this to me, just found a website where you can report anyone launching a public or private campaign against the President to, to file a report and it's called an attack file. Then you are to include your report exactly and what the person said. You report their name and their email address and any other, other private information you may have on these horrendous criminals. Well, let's go ahead and watch the or listen to the video regarding this. Well, a new cyber sensor now keeping a close eye on everything you say about President Obama. It is called attackwatch.com. Launched by okay, so this is from Fox News. By the president's re-election campaign. The White House says it is designed to stop the spread of misinformation on the web, but critics say it is less fact-checking and more fact-fixing. Chris Plant is host of The Chris Plant Show, and Christopher Hahn is a Democratic strategist and former aide to Senator Chuck Schumer. All right, guys, so, uh, Chris, this has some folks worried because the White House has a little bit of a history in this department, and it goes back to the health care debate when... Do people remember this? Have you, if you see anything fishy, they said, this is the quote that they sent out, if you get an email or see something on the web about health insurance reform that seems fishy, send it to, then there was the email address, which was essentially whitehouse at .gov. And right. people got all out. Remember, this is all about creating this, this uh, army of citizen tattletales. Okay, this is what this is all about. And against Obama, of all people, I mean, you know, the most wicked president we've ever had, Ever on record. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm defending other presidents, particularly of recent time, but, <laughs> you know, the worst of the worst. And they, I mean, there's so much that could be reported about him that has been reported about him. And it would be like, where would you start? I mean, there's been so many things uh, about him that have been brought out that have been ba- backed up with facts. I mean, it's not like you'd have to look very far in order to find people that were speaking out against him. But let's go further. Upset, you were asking, being asked to rat out your neighbors. Is this that, or is it something much less questionable than that? Well, I'd say that this falls uh, somewhere between uh, Richard Nixon's enemies list and the East Germans' secret police, the Stasi. What do you say about a president? And this is what's happening here. The president of the United States is calling on Americans by the millions to report to the government on their neighbors, to inform on their neighbors, friends and co-workers and presumably family about political speech that might be offensive to our leadership in Washington so that they can take action. It's at a bare minimum creepy. It smacks of an enemies list. And there's a whiff of, of you know, the old Soviet-style monitoring of your neighbors and their political speech. How about it, Christopher? You know, the, the website's in... in Red and black. Is it scary to you? Okay, so here comes Satan's answer. These days, Chris and I are going to write a movie because his eloquence in painting Obama as this radical who wants to control speech is so good. It makes Oh, that would never happen. I mean, that is just such a for that, that is such an idiotic thought. I mean, to think Obama would want to control us in any way, shape, or form, or control our speech patterns. I mean, who would think that in a billion, billion years? It's very great. Uh, what it is, is it's basically what Bill Clinton did in the 90s, rapid response for a new generation. There is a lot of misinformation out there. We heard it all on Monday night at the Republican debate. Oh, the stimulus didn't create a single job, and health care is going to add Medicare as we know it. These are all wrong. They're not factual. The stimulus helped create over 3 million jobs in this country and saved countless others. And there's what been- a lie from the pit of hell. 
I mean, just everything out of this guy's mouth, just like Obama, typically you just expect it to be a total lie. I mean, that's all they do. They lie like rugs. Lots and lots of improvements. There's going to be lots of improvements to our health care system and Medicare and Medicaid because of the health care bill. But that's oh, my word. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin with that lie. The health care bill. I mean, you could, I could do probably a ten-part study exposing that and the evils of it. And yet this guy, this satanic little pawn from the pit of hell, basically is just extolling the virtues of Obama and every, all of the wonderful things that, he's, that he has implemented since being in office what you're hearing out on the political campaign trail. Right now you're hearing a lot of other things, and the president wants to stop it in its tracks, so he's encouraging people to sign up to this website, which will then send them responses to things that people like Chris and I say on the air every day. So President Obama wants to take away your right to free speech, your First Amendment, essentially. Uh, Seems fair to me. He wants to stop it in his tracks. What does that mean? He wants to stop free speech, totally. And, and, and make sure that the only thing that you know is their government-sponsored propaganda and lies. They generate talking points on the White House's behalf. So what, what exactly is wrong with that, Chris? What's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, the President of the United States and his committee to re-elect creep. Uh, I, I think that, that has a nice sound Stop. to it, doesn't it? This, this stinks. This is essentially un-American. This is calling on Americans to monitor the speech of their neighbors and coworkers and report that speech. And honestly, the drop-down menu on this black and red website, very fascistic, calls on people to report emails that have been forwarded, rumors that they've heard, television interviews. It, it reeks. It stinks. No American president has ever engaged. This is not rapid response to uh, rumors and, and bad information like during the Clinton administration. They are trying to raise an army. And by the way, if you read the email, Chris, one of the great ironies of this, they actually launch a smear against the Koch brothers in their email and against uh, uh, Republican uh, uh, sponsors and millionaires. Chris, you know, launching smears. Now, Mr. So wait, I have to interject a very important point from our own resident, uh, President Nixon expert, James Rosen, who knows everything about President Nixon, Watergate, uh-huh. the Beatles, Woody Allen, and it goes on. <laughs> from there, who says, Nixon never requested nor saw his enemies list. It was put together by overzealous aides without Nixon ever asking for it or touching it. Go ahead, well, Christopher. Well, they, turned this, in, they <laughs> turned this into a national program. You guys tried to smear Richard Nixon Chris. and James Rosen caught you on it. Go ahead, Christopher. <laughs> and let, let the record show it was Mr. Plant who, uh, I've come around on Richard Nixon lately, especially with this new batch of Republicans, but I will tell you this right now. Every campaign I've ever worked on has had something saying, hey, look, let's watch out for what's going on. Let's try to figure out who's saying what so we can respond to it and put our truth out there. And that's what this is for a new generation. Listen, we're going to get emails through this campaign, campaign, Chris. We're going to get emails that say all sorts of nasty things about the president. The president wants to know, his campaign wants to know what they are so they can respond to it. This is not spying on your neighbors. That's overblown, No, it's it's raising an army of of citizens to spy on their neighbors and report it to the if this isn't spying on your neighbors, what is? You're reporting specific things about the specific events, their emails, everything about them. He, this guy is such a liar. But again, this is what you should just come to expect. Just total lies from uh, essentially the government. 
highest levels of government. This is not for a new generation. This is for an old generation, a generation headed by the likes of Helmut Honecker and Enver Hoxha and, and, and Kim Jong-il. This, you know, this is nothing new. Chris, this is spying Chris, on your neighbors. Chris, and nobody's putting asking, it to the government. Nobody's asking for you to spy on your neighbors. They're saying, really? hey. How is it? No, seriously, Chris, Chris really? Ron, how is it asking you to spy on your neighbors? So in other words, what the, the obvious thing that it is asking you to do, spy on your neighbors, to be a snitch, tattletale, whatever you want to call it. He's saying, it's not that. Even though it obviously is, it's attack watch. It's it's you know, email us with the details and this and that. And but he said, oh, it's not that. And it's almost like they're trying to play these satanic head games. Like, oh, it's not that. Well, yes, it is. It obviously is that. But see, they just deny and deny and deny. The bigger the lie, the more likely the people will buy it. In other words, this is what uh, Goebbels said, uh, Hitler's chief of propaganda. So, again, this is like Goebbels talking right here. This is like Satan's mouthpiece. Because we had the website, you know, a couple years ago saying if you get a, a, a fishy email, then send it to the White House. But this doesn't say that. It's basically what No, I'm sorry, that was for Chris, and then I'll get you to respond okay. to this yeah, I mean, look, honestly, if you go to the drop-down menu on the black and red website, you'll find that they're looking for anything from a blog, from an email that was forwarded, a rumor you've heard, an interview on television, maybe somebody sitting next to you at the Waffle House that called him Barack Hussein Obama. Get their license plate number and send it along because we want to respond. It's creepy, Chris. It goes way beyond <laughs> you know, anything Chris, American maybe, politicians maybe, have done in the past. Maybe that I'm five years younger than you, I have a little bit more comfort <laughs> level with the electronic media. You know, I don't I don't want to hear anything more this that devil's got to say, but he's right. I mean, you're you're in a Waffle House. Oh, you hear a suspicious conversation. See something, say something, right? You know. Oh, he's he's a he's a threat to national security or whatever. You know, we got to report him. We'll go we'll go out there and make sure we get his license plate number and the make and model of the car and whatever else we could pick up. That's exactly. And then what they want to do is put these people into a database and. You know, you've heard of the red and blue lists of times past. I believe, you know, at some point that trigger is going to be pulled and these people will all be in a pre-programmed database. And, um, you know, how that's going to play out, I, I, I don't know 100%, but I know it's not good. I know it's not a good thing. I know it's of Satan, the whole this whole process and this whole scenario that we're in reference to. So let's go further here. <clears throat> Next article. Uh, now that we're on the subject of President Obama, President Obama made quite a spectacle of himself yesterday at the United Nations. Uh, this is from Washington Times. Struggling to head off a divisive showdown in the Palestinian statehood at the UN later this week, President Obama on Wednesday told the world body that there can be no shortcut to peace in the Middle East and called on other countries to insist both sides negotiate a solution rather than having it imposed by the international community. The target of the plea was the Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, who on Friday is scheduled to ask the um, UN Security Council to declare a Palestinian state, Mr. which he did. Uh, Mr. Abbas faced furious lobbying by the US and other countries who were begging him not to push the issue at a delicate time uh, for the region. <clears throat> now, that was the Washington Times. In this article, I think it's from Cutting Edge, Org. The problem when negotiating any kind of settlement between Israel and the Palestinian Authority is that Israel wants an agreement which will allow her to survive as a nation, while the Palestinians simply want to annihilate all Jews and will use any kind of negotiated settlement as a means by which they can accomplish this mission. That's the difference. They just want to survive as a nation. 
But the Palestinian authorities, all they want is total annihilation of the Jews. I mean, that's, come on. Why can't we all just get along? Why just can't you all, why can't you just let us annihilate you, Israel? We are all the Jews in Israel. We just want to annihilate you and drive you into the sea, as Yasser Arafat said. And, and I mean, it's not like we haven't proven that to you, because every time you've stupidly given us land, all we do is just we, we move our, uh, our rockets a little bit closer and just try to kill and, and annihilate as many of you as possible. We send as many suicide bombers as we can muster into there and, you know, kill as many people as we can because our Quran, you know, tells us that's what we're supposed to do. Allah says we're supposed to, you know, kill and slay the infidels and primarily the Jews. I mean, it's just part of their religion. That is, they're being fundamental to the faith of Islam. They're fundamentalists. It's like a fundamental... Bible-believing Christian? Well, there's somebody that believes in the fundamentals of the faith of the Bible. The fundamental uh, Muslims in the religion of Islam, uh, being fundamental of the faith, should be strapping nail bombs on their back and going and running into cafes in Israel and blowing themselves up with as many women, men, women, and children as possible. That's being fundamental of the faith. And if you look at their propaganda that they put out, I'm on this one newsletter, where the Palestinians... And the Palestinian Authority are always honoring these supposed martyrs and honoring like the moms or the dads left behind. Oh, he's, he's, he's such a good boy, such a good boy. He went and he killed men, women, and children. Oh, he's such a he's such a martyr for Allah. You know what a wonderful person. You know, and I mean they're glorifying these mass murderers, these demon possessed mass murderers. But that's okay. That's all right. You know, I mean, because, you know, it's, it's, it's a religion of peace, and, and there's no problem with it at all. If any of you doubt this Palestinian goal, please examine the Palestinian United Nations badge, which, there's a picture here on the PDF. The logo of the Permanent Observer Mission of Palestine to the United Nations on their website and on top of their official statement at the United Nations shows the Palestinian Authority's claim to a Palestine that stretches throughout the entire historical entity of the former Palestinian Mandate. Absent from the logo is any hint that the pal- that Palestine consists of anything other than Arab territory. Meaning, this whole garbage about getting a Palestinian state, that's garbage. All that is is the next stepping stone to them totally annihilating Israel. Which, from a biblical standpoint, will not happen. But if they had their way, if you know the moon god, Allah, the fallen angel moon god, Allah, had his way... He would wipe Israel off the map. Why would Satan be so obsessed with this? Because Israel is heavily referenced and mentioned in end times Bible prophecy. Daniel and a lot of other different books. Zechariah, Revelation. So if Israel or the Jews did not exist, then those prophecies cannot be fulfilled. The same reason Satan wanted to take everybody out, or try to take everybody out, and corrupt the seed of mankind in Noah's day. So that the Savior... The, 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 the one that the Bible predicted in Genesis 3, the, uh, the one that would come that would bruise his head, which was Jesus Christ, if all mankind was wiped out in Noah's day, and all humanity was done away with, well then, no savior could come on the planet that would ever be able to defeat Satan by the finished work of the cross, which was Jesus Christ. So, Satan is always trying to throw monkey wrenches into God's plan. But see, he's... It's never going to happen. He's tried for thousands of years. It's never going to happen. He always ends up, in some way, shape, or form, accomplishing the will God has for the world. And a lot of times he will use Satan as a judgment tool in order for that to happen, in order for people to get their eyes open, in order for people to get their priorities straight. And it's happened throughout the Old Testament. And, you know, to this day, God can use those methods. So, 
absent from the logo is any hint that Palestine consists of anything other than an Arab territory. And it goes on to say, there's not too much left to the imagination here. Israel is wiped off the map. That's their plan. That's the only final concession that they would ever get give into. Total annihilation of the Jews. So I give you, if you, if you doubt any of this, I give you four teachings that I've done on this. Um, one's titled, The Double Face of Islam. Uh, the other one is um, Muslim Islamic Religion Hypocrisy Exposed. And the other one, Obama to Abandon Israel While Embracing the Islamic Nations. I've done many, many studies. Actually, I'm just going to put three in here. Okay, so, going further. So, it is totally useless for President Obama and other leaders to try to insist that Israel and the Palestinians negotiate a settlement. The Palestinians want their own country, all right, but they want it with uh, they want it at the complete annihilation of Israel. Do not be deceived, God is watching and taking names. Joel 3.2 says, I will gather all the nations, this is um, essentially future, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. See, that's why this last statement said, God is watching and taking names. God says, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. Now, these are the nations that have scattered Israel among the nations. And they have been. I mean, they've been scattered, brought back to Israel, okay? Um, And reborn, essentially, the nation of Israel being reborn. And then it says, imparted my land. And again, it's if this uh, Palestinian state is... I mean, Israel's given up more and more and more land, which would, which, which would also um, be part of that part of my land. But if they give uh, this last concession, some Palestinian state, and maybe divide Jerusalem, I think that's going to be the, you know, uh, one of the last things that, that is done regarding parting the land. And, and, you know, this is not something God's happy about. Uh, Zechariah 12, 4, 9, and 10 says, In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment, and his rider with madness, and I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah, and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And it shall come to pass that at that day I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David, and upon the inhabitants of, of Jerusalem, and the spirit of grace and supplications. And they, meaning the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the house of David, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. This is Jesus Christ. This is Old Testament. Okay? They shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Finally, they're going to get their eyes open. Remember, what does the Bible say in the New Testament? Blindness, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. The emphasis went over to the Gentiles um, not too long after, you know, really during even when the apostles were on the earth, uh, the, the really in reference to the original apostles here, uh, and... At some point, the emphasis, and I, again, you could do a whole Bible study on that, but the emphasis shifted over to the Gentiles more. Now, not to say there's not any saved Jews, but it says, blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Well, 
Is it going to be here that they get their eyes open? They shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son? At some point, collectively, Israel will get their eyes open. Not all, okay, because there's other there's other another verse that you have to go over here as well. Which we'll do shortly. Okay, let's but Israel is prophesied Israel is prophesied to come close to being defeated. At that time shall Michael stand up in the great prince which standeth up for the children of people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was. This is Jacob's trouble. This is into the tribulation very far, uh, such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And this is a reference to the book of life. Now, to expand on that a little bit, Zechariah 13.8 says, And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts thereof, and this is in Israel, okay, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. Two parts. And, uh, but a third shall be left. In other words, two-thirds of the Jews are going to be cut off and die. Two-thirds of the Jews most likely are not going to get their eyes open. They're going to be unrepentant. They're, they're, um, they're, they're not going to get saved, okay? But a third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire and refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried and they shall call in my name and I will hear them. I will say it is my people and they shall be, they shall say the Lord is my God. That's the future of Israel. Okay, a third of them are going to be saved, which is actually a much, most likely a much greater um, percentage than the average person walking around on planet earth right now for a given society. So, I know that was, I went into these verses in greater detail in other studies I've done, but for the sake of today's teaching, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, because it is very pertinent to what we're talking about. So, now that the, this is the next article, uh, now that the Arab Spring Revolt has, is five months old, it is clear that the selected governments have weakened, just as predicted, strong entrenched dictators, which have fallen, have been replaced by very weak governments, which will not represent any kind of obstacle to surrendering sovereignty to regional government seven in the ten uh, region uh, grand scheme, that in, which is biblical, and we'll, we'll look at that. Uh, this is from the Washington Times. It says, the first screen scene of the five-play act, the Arab Spring as it stands today. Now, this is pretty unbelievable, but I can't even believe you'd say this, but it seems as though the Illuminati is getting a little more brazen, by the day, and what they're not only trying to implement, but what they're also willing to openly admit to. Uh, the Arab Spring has, and again, this is from Washington Times, the Arab Spring has ravaged the Arab states and shaken Iran. Uh, deposing entrenched dictators, well, this is back to the Cutting Edge article, deposing entrenched dictators is the number one priority of the so-called Arab Spring Revolt. Dictators from Tunisia, Egypt, and now Libya are gone. The dictators from Syria, Yemen, and Somalia are under severe pressure to resign. This is like the old guard. They're trying to get out of there. Okay, so they can implement and form this into what they call region number seven of the ten uh, region, uh, ten horns of the Bible, essentially. Okay. Uh, dictators in Bahrain, United Arab, United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia are not resisting being incorporated into the regional government number seven as long as money keeps flowing. And there's a link here you can click on for the regional number seven government, if you want to know more about that, this region. 
of the Ten Horns. Therefore, this regional government is preparing to take shape, awaiting only the last of the recalcitrant dictators to either leave or surrender their opposition to joining this regional government. Now let us return to our featured story, for a very surprising remark from Henry Kissinger, quite possibly one of the highest-ranking Illuminati members alive today. He said, quote, this is from the featured story. This is from the Washington Times, which the, it was actually entitled, um, let me just verify this, yeah, it was entitled The First Scene of a Five-Act Play, The Arab Spring as It Stands Today. Okay, this is the quote from that article from Henry Kissinger. This is unbelievable. From the very beginning, when Bel Ali fell and Mubarak fell, I believe that we were only in the beginning stage of what would be a long, drawn-out process. Quote, the first scene of a five-act play, according to Henry Kissinger. End of quote. The first scene of a five-act play? You mean, well, play something fake, right? It's not real. It's just a reenactment. It's, 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 a, it's a ruse. It's, it's not, I mean, if you put a play out as reality, okay, and you didn't know it was a play, you know, you would think, well, wow, this is reality. Well, this is what we're dealing with here, okay? This is the first scene of a five-act play, according to Henry Kissinger. Now, I have seen a lot of things about Kissinger that are a lot of different. Interviews I've seen. I'm talking anywhere from Area 51 ex-employees to, I mean, study on the New World Order, the Illuminati, New Agers. Over the years, I have seen Henry Kissinger's name come up over and over and over again as being at the very near top of the food chain. I mean, as about as high up as you could get. I'm not saying he's above like the Rothschilds, but he is way up there. Way up there. So, again, this statement is just unbelievable. Uh, this goes on to say, Thank you, Mr. Kissinger, for correctly labeling, labeling the Arab Spring Revolt as a five-act play. Since all plays are thoroughly scripted ahead of time, we know that this, quote, revolt in Northern Africa and in the Middle East, regional government number seven, in other words, is, a, is as scripted as we have stated from the very beginning. It's a scripted act. Listen to how completely scripted all the major events are. Um, this is from the Protocol of Learned Elders of Zion, uh, written about 200 years ago, and Protocol Number 13, Paragraphs 5 and 6. A lot of people say, oh, this is fake. But, okay, if it's fake, why is it this stuff's all coming to pass? Or so much of it is. Okay, When we come into our kingdom... Our orators will expound great problems which have turned humanity upside down in order to bring it bring it at the end under our beneficent rule. Meaning, they're going to create the problem and they're going to give you the solution. Problem, reaction, solution. The Hegelian dialectic, which is actually where this, I believe, came from. That whole concept. Okay, So, and again, this is what we're seeing with all these draconian pieces of legislation or... or things that they're trying to implement, that we just went over in this teaching. You know, it's their, it's their benevolent solution to so many problems, the government. And it always involves erosion or totally taking away our freedoms, essentially. Going further, it says, who will, ever, who will ever suspect that all these people were staged, managed by us, according to a political plan which no one has so much as guessed at in the course of many centuries? 
they're doing it so thinking that nobody knows what they're really doing. They, they think they're so much smarter than everyone else. Pride goeth before fall and a haughty spirit before destruction is what I would say to them. Listen to the New Age writer from 1981, Peter Lemeshore, the, uh, in his book The Armageddon Script, page 252. And I've said this before, but it's pertinent here. Uh, this is regarding essentially becoming New World Order. Their script is now written, subject only to last-minute editing and stage directions. Now remember, doesn't that sound like this five-stage play that is of Henry Kissinger that he just talked about? Their script is written, the subject only to a last-minute editing and stage directions. The last-minute walk-on parts are even now being filmed. Most of the main actors have already taken up their roles. Soon it will be time for them to come on stage, ready for the curtain to rise. The time for action will have come. End of quote. It's all staged lies and garbage. All these events going on in the world, typically. I'm not saying God can't intervene in a particular situation, but... um, so much of what we're experiencing is the stage scripted stuff that we're uh, dealing with. goes on to say, But do not worry, for God is so completely in control that he is forcing these ungodly men to create a plan which will fulfill all his prophecies precisely. See, they think they're doing something you know, outside of the will of God, and actually they're acting, and I'm not saying they're acting on his behalf, but he's, he's using them in order to ultimately accomplish his will. Revelation 17, 16, and 17 says, And then the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. The ten horns. These are the ten regions uh, that, the, that the world will be split up into. Now this is one of the regions that we were talking about here, this region number seven. And then the next verse says, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. And to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. It says, God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. So again, that's the kind of mindset that you want to maintain, thinking about, that this isn't something that's taking God by surprise. God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. So that's just goes to show you who's really in charge. So, let's go ahead. That's that's all we have for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. Uh, letting us come together, Lord, again. Uh, I just pray your truth, wherever it is being preached, taught, uh, would go forth, Lord, unhindered. I pray you bless those in, in the body of Christ, Lord God, and the widows and the orphans and the babies and the unborn babies and um, the families, Lord God, the men and women of God, the children. Around the world, God, I I just pray for your angels to encamp around about them. I pray to them or or for them for provision, for your protection, Lord, uh, for your discernment, your wisdom, your understanding, knowledge, whatever we would need, Lord, that you would um, protect us in the days and times to come according to thy will, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that your name be glorified through us, that you would use the body of Christ mightily to win many souls for the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, your angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And Lord, we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.